bad, bad addict. Um, every time I was able to get a loan, I was doing drugs. I've been in prison four times, twice in the state, twice in the feds. I was doing all this crazy stuff, cooking drugs and just staying high. God called me from a prison cell. I was a homeless drug addict, and my hope was found in a needle. I was eight months pregnant, homeless, um, living out of my van. You know, it wasn't freeway that saved me, it wasn't John Stroop that saved me, but God uses freeway in such a mighty way as a tool to reach these people. There's not a community or a county in America that doesn't have a drug problem. And the, the church has the answer and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome to One Broken Life. My name is John Stroop with my special guest, Rebecca. Hi. Glad to have you back again. Thank you. We just had a great episode, uh, episode one, where we shared your before Christ moment and your life and where you were at. And now we get to explore the after Christ part. And um, One Broken Life, if you've, you've not tuned in, um, One Broken Life is a podcast where we explore um, the mess. We explore the details of people's lives and the intimate details of people's lives. And we believe the bigger the mess, the bigger the message. And a couple verses that we really cling to is Philippians 1.12. It says, Brethren, I want you to know the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance or the advancement of the gospel. Paul is saying that things, the things, the pronounced things, all the stuff in his past had, and, the, and the hardships have brought him to a place to where the gospel is going places it had not gone. And then uh, Psalms fifty one seventeen, God is talking about how to worship Him, and He He's telling the people that He doesn't want their their goats and their lambs and their bulls and all that sheep. He wanted a, He wants a broken heart, and uh, He He won't despise a broken, a contrite heart, a broken spirit, a humble spirit. And so uh, we hear about the negative impact that drugs and crime make on our community, but we don't hear about is the positive impact that one radically changed X drug addict, ex-criminal makes. And so today, you are our ex-criminal and our ex-drug addict, Rebecca. Um, you're not a drug addict anymore. We don't believe in that here. We believe your identity is not found in your past. It is found in who you are in Jesus. Yeah. And so uh, if you haven't watched episode one, you need to go listen to the story of the 13-year-old at the AA meeting drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes, which was Rebecca. Yep. And now she is a, a trophy of God's grace. And um, she's here today to share her after Christ time. And so we're going to talk about all the cool stuff God's doing in your life now and yeah. uh, where he's brought you. And so let's tell us, just spend a little bit of time here. What's life like for you now? You graduated the women's home, our, our discipleship home for women. And, um, and now you are, you've been on your own for two years? Uh, yeah. A little over two years. A little under two years. A little years. under two yeah. years. So Ian and Richards and I helped move you. Move you, yep. remember that? Yeah. And uh, we had a good time doing that. <laughs> and uh, and now you've on, you're on your own. You and your mom live together. Yeah. That you're, uh, you're a mom who's also been redeemed. Yeah. And so um, tell us what life, like, life is like for you right now. Busy. 
Life is busy and it's great. Um, I'm, you know, I have a full life, you know, I get up before the sun. I am uh, a student at BBC. I have a full-time job. What's BBC? Baptist Bible College. Okay. Yeah. And I have a, um, my degree is going to be in Christian leadership. So not sure what God's going to do with that yet, but right now, um, just doing the work and, you know, God's going to work that out, you know, however he wants. So, um, I got a scholarship from freeway. So that was pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. Bible Baptist college, Baptist Bible college, Baptist Bible college. I do that every time <laughs> if Rachel was here, she would do the same thing. So that's funny. Um, but anyways, BBC, they uh, yeah. they have given us a scholarship for our people. Yeah, and, and so it's amazing, you know, and I'm so blessed for that opportunity and just like for everything going on, you know. I mean, like I said, I work full time um, and I'm in school full time. And uh, and then I'm here also doing the internship. Here where? At Freeway. Awesome. Yeah. So, so you're in the Timothy Project. Yeah. Okay. And so Rebecca's in our uh, our four month internship program, learning how to do freeway, learning yeah. the ins and outs, being at the office, mm -hmm. vetting inmates. Yep. So what are you learning right now? Just like, I mean, just I'm learning like what goes on behind the scenes and how the ministry runs. You know, like what it takes to make sure that I mean, there's so many different needs being met like at the same time and so i i just love it like i'm really i like to answer the phones because i'm 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 good at that i guess <laughs> you know what i mean like that's what i do for a living so i talk to people on the phone and it's funny because i i try to i try to talk to them like i talk to my customers and i catch myself <laughs> yeah yeah so what is your biggest surprise being at the in the internship like what's the thing that you didn't expect that you you're learned like, whoa, I didn't know this was just how many people are involved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just cool. how many people are involved. And you know, there's just so many, this ministry is, it doesn't run by itself. Absolutely not. So, so give us a week in your life. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, I work, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday okay. at the T-Mobile call center. And I get up at 4.45 a.m. Um, so that I can like wake up, drink my coffee, read my Bible. Um, I usually do a little bit of homework before I start getting ready. And then I'm out the door by 6.20. And um, I work until 5.50 p.m. So I work 11-hour shifts in order to have my day off in the middle of the week. And, and you do, what do you do with your day off? I come here. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm here all day. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, when I get off work, I, you know, um, I do ministry. I go to the gym, um, you know, whatever, try to get home by, I try to get to bed by nine. It's usually like 11. <laughs> it's hard. You know what I mean? So I'm just figuring my schedule out um, because it just recently like took off in that direction like just a couple months ago so i'm still figuring it out but yeah so i work full-time i'm in the ministry uh after work full-time and you know spending a lot of time with kyle <laughs> who's that kyle's my fiance oh 
You got a ring? Yeah. You getting married? Yeah. That's so cool. Kyle is another graduate who is the director of Freeway West. Yeah. And so um, you and him are engaged. Yeah. And you have a wedding coming up. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. So what's, I was going to say, what's next in your life? So where's Rebecca going right now? What's next? Well, Kyle's a pastor, so I'm excited to get to, like, just do ministry with him. And, you know, we've got kids and, um, you know, um, I don't know, all that's all that's going to be unfolding, you know, in the next, you know, season. So I'm not sure. James 4. You know what it says in James 4? Talks about talks about the planning. I'm gonna read it to you real quick. Uh, it's uh, James four thirteen. Come now, you say today and tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy, sell, and make a profit. Or is it you do not know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? It's a vapor that appears a time and has gone away, vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this and that. Now, here's the rebuke James gives in verse 16. But now you boast in your arrogance, all boast, all such boasting is evil. And so James is rebuking these people for doing what you exactly said that you wasn't going to do. And it was in their arrogance. And so, and, and you said, I don't know what's going to happen, right? And so we pray the Lord, Lord, the Lord wills. Yeah. What does the Lord will, right? Well, you know that God wants you to be obedient. That's his will. Mm -hmm. You know, his word is his will. And so you do what God's word says do. You stay obedient. You honor honor your husband. Yeah. He'll honor you. And then God will open those doors. Yeah. So we're excited for you. Um, so did you ever think your life would be like it is right now? No, never. I When I came to Freeway, all I could really see was, I mean, to the end of the day. I didn't really have a vision for my future. Um, I was struggling with depression. The program was hard. I struggled to submit to the program. I struggled to submit to the leaders in the program um, because, you know, I had always managed my own life. Even when it was unmanageable, it was still me in charge. And so as much as, like, I wanted to submit to God, I didn't know how that looked submitting to the leaders that God placed in my life. And so, um, yeah, especially at the beginning, I, I couldn't see to the end of the day, yeah. much less the week or the future. I remember Rebecca and my wife coming to me and saying, I don't know what to do. She won't get a job. She won't learn work. You know, she's being lazy, and that is not who you are. And no. and so uh, we actually had to ask you, We uh, the best way I can say, the most polite way I can say it is we had to invite you to leave. And uh, and you, something happened when you left. Like, it clicked, right? Yeah. So, and then you worked your way back in the program. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that little moment. I mean, what happened in your life through that? Yeah, I mean, that was, that was a blessing. Um because no one had really ever stood up to me at, 
any point in my life as far as like holding me accountable or saying you're not doing the right thing. You know what I mean? And like, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to avoid work. I was just trying to find a really good job because I had been accustomed to having great jobs and I wasn't about to go work at, you know, the local fast food restaurant because I was prideful. Yeah. And so (laughs) I was at the career center. I was at the library. I was doing resumes. I was trying to find a great job. And so I wasn't humbling myself, you know? So when you guys, you know, kicked me out, um, it took me by surprise and, and I got serious because I really wanted to be here. Um, I just, I didn't expect that, you know? And so I got serious. Thankfully a local, I was at, I was, I was in drug court. So, um, the outpatient rehab that I was already enrolled in, um, they had a, an inpatient treatment facility that they accepted me into immediately. And so I was really blessed at that point because like I was ready I wanted to change my life. I did not want to go back to what I knew. And so I went there instead. Yeah. Yeah. And so you talked about submitting Mm -hmm. and one of the, and and so just so our people can, the people listening understand where I'm coming from. I see people from a drug addiction background as a people group. And so, Like whenever you hear missionaries come to talk to your church, they'll say the people group we're going to is a South African people group. And they'll share the culture of the South Africans or, you know, wherever they're at, if they're in Joburg or they're in Cape Town or, you know, wherever they're at. And they'll share about the people and this and that. Well, I see our people as a people group, as a mission field. And Mm -hmm. so uh, one of the things about our people group is we struggle with authority. And we also... Uh, struggle with submitting right and so uh, we've been taught to buck authority our whole lives and it's cool it's it's the cool thing to be a rebel to buck to be an outlaw this and that and so whenever you you know you have that authority over you telling you what to do you think i'm a grown blank woman well you you know you telling me what to do yeah plus obviously i knew more than oh yeah (laughs) yeah i definitely knew more than the people that were in charge absolutely (laughs) you know you, you people come to us for help, but they won't help their way. So, yeah, and that's what you did, that, right? Yeah, that was me, a hundred percent. I mean, so yeah, I was um, kicked out, and I went to um, preferred is where it was, and I cried out to God at that point, and I was like, I just prayed, and I said, God, whatever it is in me that you need me to change like show it to me because i want i want to do whatever you want i i asked god to show me you know what he wanted me to change and um he basically showed me it was my pride and he he wanted to humble me he wanted me to be like willing to like submit and um there's a lot of verses one of them is um hebrews 1317 where it says you know basically and i'm going to paraphrase here but like submit to your leaders because they're appointed to you by god and it would be no benefit to you to give them like a hard time and so i was like okay you know and um so 
I, I actually practiced submitting. <laughs> like we went around in a circle and everyone told me something I didn't want to hear. And I said, okay. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And it really worked. Well, you're so. about to get married so you can keep practicing because you're going to need all the help you can get. <laughs> it's going to take a supernatural work of God for you to be able to submit to Kyle. Oh my goodness. And it's going to take a supernatural work of God for him to love you like Christ loves the church. So you're going to have to continue to rely on God. Yeah. Well, it, and that's the good, that's the cool thing about God is that he doesn't leave us where we are and he always continues to grow us. And so I can see looking back, he was preparing me for this season of my life. And I'm sure this season of my life will be preparing me and Kyle for a season to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're reminding me of a message. First um, King 17, Elijah uh, goes, God shows up to Elijah, calls him, you know, he's a prophet. And he says, go to Ahab and tell King Ahab that it's not rained in the last whatever months. And it's not going to rain for this long until I pray at your word. And so he went to King Ahab and he had no idea what was going to happen after that. And God didn't tell him what was next. He just told him, do that. So he obeyed God. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he said, I prepared a place for you by the brook of chairs. Mm. You go down there and you you trust me and rely on me. I'll take care of you. So Elijah went there. And so during the famine, what happened? It didn't rain for I don't know how many years. But so he, three. Yeah, and he, so he stayed down there and the ravens brought him food. And then it says the brook dried up. But it doesn't say Elijah left after the brook dried up. It said, if you read it, you'll see he waited. And then the Lord spoke to him. And he said, okay, go down to Zarephath. I've prepared a widow for you. So he goes to Zarephath, and Zarephath was the hometown of Jezebel. So he prepared Elijah. Elijah wasn't ready to go to Zarephath yet. Mm -hmm. So he took him to Ahab. Mm -hmm. And then he took him to the brook. Then he took him to Zarephath. And he was a man of faith. He was a man of courage. He was a man who relied on God. And he's seen some wonderful things happen, right? Uh, the, uh, the, the jar never ran out of flour. He was able to see a young man raised from the dead. And then uh, he said, okay, go to the mountain, Mount Carmel, and take on the king and all the prophets and, and call fire down from heaven. Wow. And so he prepared King A. He he prepared the prophet Elijah. Elijah wasn't the man to take on the all the prophets of Baal, the false prophets, and the king by himself yet by faith. Mm-hmm. So he took him to Ahab, and he took him through seasons of his life to do what? Wow. Prepare him to be that man who would have enough faith to call fire down from heaven. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. And, and so uh, that's so encouraging. So every season of your life is to prepare you for the next yes. one. Yes. Until heaven. Yes. And then when you get old, I'll get you a senior study Bible. <laughs> and uh, like my wife, Charlotte, what? I got her one. And uh, and then you can just remember that your next season is heaven. So it's pretty pretty cool to think about. So what is your biggest burden today, Rebecca? Um, Just like... I miss my kids, you know, they, um, they live with their dad, um, and he's a really good dad and they have, um, he's, you know, 
he's married and they have a wonderful home and my kids are very well taken care of. They have a wonderful life, but you know, um, they get to come over every other weekend, but that's a burden, you know, like I miss them and I want to be more involved, but they live far away and, um, something that, you know, um, I just pray and just wait and, you know, they're 11. So, you know, I just, uh, that's a burden for sure. Okay. So your kids, yeah. what hurts you the most? What hurts me the most? Um, I don't know. For me, it's, um, the people that come through the ministry with kids mm. and you get attached to their kids and you see them do really well. <laughs> And then all of a sudden they disappear. Yeah. And you know their kids are in a bad environment again. And mm-hmm. you get attached and it's just like. Yeah. Or they leave uh, the program and go to a different one. And it's like a gang, you know. It's like they're in a different gang now. And they can't talk to you anymore. You know? <laughs> and so. Yeah, uh, I've they, seen that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And so the kids are, you know, influenced that way. and. So one, it's, it's sad. Yeah. One thing that um, breaks my heart is like there is just there's such a huge like just homeless population in our town right here. And it's it's bigger than anything that I can, you know, help. And so I feel I feel helpless um, in that scenario. You know what I mean? Like you see them um, out there on the streets, just like I wish there was more places that we could like bring them, you know, being an intern here, I hear um, multiple people call every single day that are just desperate for help. And, you know, we can't help everybody, right? you know? And so, um, we don't have every burden. We don't have every type of help here. Right. You can't possibly do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely a burden. Um, I wish you know, and like, I, who knows what God's going to do in the future, you know, like how he'll use freeway, how he'll use like Kyle and I, or you, you know, like everybody that is involved, like who knows what the future holds. But yeah, that's something that I would love to see us be able to provide more resources for our community in that way. There was a guy that showed up here yesterday and, uh, he claimed to be Jesus. He was mm. God and, uh, he had holes Probably the size of a half a small football, one of those little Nerf balls, like a hole that size in the inside of both his shoes. So I could see he didn't have any socks on, you know, and it was cold and damn. It was like, you know, a little bit of a rainy time. Uh, and uh, anyways, uh, I asked him if he if he had ever been diagnosed with anything, and he said schizophrenia multiple personality disorder and all this other stuff and so he was sick you know mentally ill and i found him some socks and some stuff but uh you know he 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 wasn't ready for we couldn't really do anything for him you know and uh we had to say okay here's some food here's some you know some stuff and we hope you have a good day i mean Mm. you know and he went and sat outside so it is sad you know it's real sad yeah so um it's desperate need. It's a very sad situation. How do you deal with past loyalties? One of the things that we work with through at Freeway is un- unhealthy loyalties. And so, uh, and a lot of that has to do with family. 
you know, what people don't understand, excuse me, what people don't understand is, um, had to yawn there, um, whenever your mom is or your dad is your drug buddy, you know, and you say, I'm going to go move back in with my mom or my dad, that doesn't sound so bad to the average person, but when that mom or dad is, you know, a dope fiend using drugs and alcohol, so whenever whenever we have to break those past loyalties, you know, someone's done something really nice for you in the past or they, you were raised with them or they took you in, but that person is not healthy for you anymore. So do you have any of those, those issues in your life today to where you have to deal with past loyalties? We say, okay, uh, any maybe friends or family or anything like that. So, uh, um, first, you know, there was some like loose ends, you know, that needed to be tied up, but I feel like, um, time has helped, you know, I mean, I'm almost three years clean. So, um, you know, the only people that I, I really felt like drawn to was, you know, um, my sister and I love my sister so much. Uh, but like, she's, you know, I've, we've invited her to come. We even, you know, offered to like watch her daughter if she wanted to go in through the program, you know, but she didn't want to do that. And so like, I just, we just don't talk, you know. How old is she? Um, she's a couple years older than me. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's not over yet. Nope. It's not over yet. And I, I, she's always been my sister and I love her so much, but yeah, that was one person that was always in my life that I miss so much. And it's hard, you know, I, when we, we go through our classes with our people, I just ask them, what happens if one of those people pull up and ask you if you need a ride and you're walking, what are you going to do? Like, and you know, it's not safe and you owe them money or they bonded you out of jail or they took you in or they paid your electric bill or they did something, you know, mm-hmm. you've known them 20 years and you've known us five months and we're telling you this is bad. What are you going to do? Right. Mm-hmm. And so you have to figure out who you're loyal to. Either you're going to be loyal to Jesus or you're going to be loyal to everyone else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I learned that really early on because, um, when I came into the program, the season classes were, um, like hitting the ground, like they were the beginning of the season classes. So I felt like really, uh, blessed to get to be in on that from the first round. And I remember going through season two, man, I healed so much in that time. And, um, you know, but some of the rules in the women's house protect you from some of that stuff. You know, like you're not allowed to talk to guys. You're not allowed to talk to like we weren't. I wasn't even allowed to take a ride from a girl that I may have been friends with previously. Like I had asked Sharla if I could ride with anybody. You know, and I I did stick to those rules because, um, well, I was kind of afraid that I was going to get caught otherwise. Yeah. Well, I know it happens anyway, though. Well, it I'm does, not. I'm but... not stupid. I mean, we we understand that people are are going to act like criminals and yeah. uh but we try yeah we try to put those boundaries up so we can have something to hold them accountable to and the structure is in a, built in such a way that you're not going to get away with it forever right you'll yeah. get caught yeah so but i did try to stick to the rules you know um 
as much, much as I could. And so it protected me from, like, there were old friends and stuff that would, you know, try to, you know, encourage me or congratulate me. And I, I just kind of stayed away from them because, I don't know, God just, I mean, God really just, like, he changed me. You know, like, I don't, I didn't have an interest in those people anymore. I don't want, I don't care what they're doing. And, you know, I still don't. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a season of your life to change the rest of your life. You know, and a lot of times you look at a, you look at a boundary and you think, man, that, that fence is there to keep me from enjoying things. But that fence is really there to protect you. Yeah. And give you that time to where mm -hmm. you can mature. Yeah. Because maturity attracts maturity and immaturity attracts immaturity. And so until you mature, you know, physically, mentally, and spiritually, uh, you will struggle. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to continue to attract immature people and you're going to continue to fall flat on your face. Yeah. Your relationships will be immature. Your friends will be immature. And eventually you'll make immature decisions and go back again. Yeah. But when you grow up in the Lord... And you get you get mature in Christ, and you learn how grownups act, right? Yeah. Then when you graduate, you're gonna you're gonna see that person. You're gonna think I'm not attracted to that anymore because mm -hmm. that person is totally like no offense, an idiot, right? <laughs> and I don't want to live that way. And that yeah. maturity in you is gonna make you unattracted to that immaturity in them. Yeah. So that's why we do this. Mm -hmm. And it it works, you know, like. I pray for my old friends and I would love to see, I would love to see, you know, my old friends, um, you know, come to know the Lord because of how they've seen me change. Like that would be the most amazing thing Amen. ever, you know, but, um, yeah, I, I try not to like compare myself to like, to, them you know what i mean like i i just compare myself to my old self you know and like where god has brought me from and it blows my mind so one of the things that we do at freeway ministries is um we want to see people saved through evangelism outreach we want to see them plugged into the local church and we mm -hmm. want to make disciples that make disciples right and so mentioning that where do you what do you do at the church what do you do at the ministry like Excuse me, where do you serve? What's that like? So I just recently switched churches. I felt called to go over to Golden Avenue, and so that's where I'm at. And I have um, really just begun getting plugged in, and um, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet. I serve here full time. So like I, if I add something else to my plate right now, I'm going to, I'm going to explode, <laughs> yeah. but I look forward to in the future. Like I want to just be involved with women's ministry, um, particularly women like myself, you know what I mean? Like discipleship. I disciple two girls right now and, um, I am the volunteer coordinator for the children's ministry once a month. And then I drive uh, one of the buses once a month. So those are like my main places that I serve. What's it like driving a bus? Um, I drive the kids' bus, so it's it's pretty crazy. <laughs> the kids' bus ministry is off the chain. 
<laughs> but it's good. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. And they want to come. And it's cool because my kids like serving there. And so, you know, they have made friends with the other kids. And, like, so they're just one of the kids. You know what I mean? And uh, so that's good, you know? Are you happy? Yes. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Have you ever been able to really say you're happy, that you have joy? Um, no, I mean, I've always been a pretty, like, happy person, but I've also always sabotaged myself somehow. But um, just being clean from drugs has been, like, so, I don't know, um, freeing, you know what I mean? Like I have a clear mind and God can do so much with a clear mind. You know what I mean? And so just like having surrendered my life to God and like just letting his word change me and, um, no, I'm not always happy. Like I go through a lot. Um, life has not been easy. Being clean and sober has been so wonderful but it doesn't make everything perfect that's right you know what i mean let me give you a quote from the late great adrian rogers do you know who he is no well you need to know him so bot radio plays him all the time 90.1 in springfield shameless plug to bot radio but um uh, he says happiness depends on what happens mm. and uh joy and happiness are not the same mm-hmm. if a lost a lost people have happiness yeah. If they if they hit the lottery and win a million dollars, they're gonna be happy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and so but joy is knowing that you know that you know mm-hmm. and that you, you have your identity in Christ and you know what your purpose is and you're living out your calling. Yeah, I think something that I always go back to um is just trying to remember that my joy comes from the Lord, not from other people. Like nobody can make me happy. Um, it's, it's a decision. It's a choice. Happiness is a journey, not a place. You're never going to like land on happiness and then keep it. Like it just, it comes and goes, you know? So, but yeah, joy comes from God and God alone. You know what I mean? Well, my next question was what brings you joy? So you just answered it. (laughs) You just answered that. Yeah. Well, if there's somebody listening right now and, uh, you are struggling, and you are you are hurting right now, and you want help. And say there's a girl right now that's kind of identifying with you today. And what would you tell her she needs to do? She's she's in she's in a house. She's strung out. She's uh, she's at the end of a rope. What would you tell her to do? I would say just quit trying to. Quit trying to fix it on your own and just, you know, give it to God. Come to Freeway um, or find your local church because um, there is freedom in Christ. And you're never going to be satisfied trying to satisfy your flesh because it's never ending. Um, The only satisfaction that you'll ever find is, like, resting in Jesus, seriously. And so we can try to do the most, but, um, it'll never be enough and it'll never bring you what you're looking for. Um, 
And so, but I found contentment in Christ and I have found joy in Christ and I have so much hope. You know what I mean? Like I'm excited for the future. I love my life today and I wake up before the sun on purpose every day. And like, I'm excited about life. You know, life is good. I used to hate the sounds of the birds in the morning. Really? Oh yeah. Stay up all night. You know oh, the yeah. sun's coming up. You be strung out. You hear the birds. You're like, good grief! I hate this. Here comes the light. But now I too get up before the sun comes up. Yeah. And so I'm with you on the 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> days. Yeah. And uh, I feel like it's just me and God. Yeah. And no and one else. Great. You know. Yep. So well, I'm proud of you, kiddo. Thanks. And I'm looking forward to seeing God restore things in your life. I'm looking forward to seeing you walk the aisle and marry Kyle and uh, move forward in, in your ministry and and uh, your kids and your mom and just the story God is telling right now through you is amazing. Mm-hmm. So um, if you have enjoyed uh, One Broken Life podcast, I would encourage you to like it on uh, Spotify, Apple, whatever you listen to podcasts on, um, on our YouTube page, also our Facebook page, One Broken Life. And would you share it with your friends And if you want to support Freeway Ministries, this is a production of Freeway Ministries. You can go to the Freeway Ministries Facebook, or excuse me, go to the Freeway Ministries website at freeway-ministries.com, and you can become a partner of ours on there. Um, We'll see you next time on Broken Life. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you.